Well, uh, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. Gray Matters is the weekly news and media talk show, and my partner Jim is vacationing this uh, this week. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, stop by top of the park uh, this week. It looks like we may finally be getting a little break in this misty British Oregon-style weather. <laughs> Who knows? We'll talk a little bit about climate change in a, in a little while. <clears throat> Obviously, the big story of the week was not Sarah Sanders suddenly resigning on Thursday. But it's the uh, uptick in the saber-rattling and the propaganda wars that are going on between Iran and the United States. Um, for me, what was fascinating about the way things have sort of developed, uh, because let's face it, we don't know what actually happened. We don't know it yet. I'd only remind Mr. Pompeo, remember the Maine, remember the Gulf of Tonkin resolution, and remember the, quote, weapons of mass destruction. Uh, The main comment, by the way, is the Spanish-American War. Uh, There is increasing evidence that this was not a bomb or sabotage, but actually an industrial accident. And I don't think that the video produced by the American government uh, did much uh, for the cause of Mike Pompeo and Donald Trump. What we have here really is a kind of a circus. Um, these, this saber-rattling and the rhetoric has been going on for months. There's been no shortage of diplomacy, by the way. Uh, it's just that the United States has walked out of the uh, Iranian-slash-P5 um, nuclear deal. Uh, I think Trump withdrew from that about six or seven months ago. The exact date really doesn't matter. But <clears throat> there there just seems to me to be a lot of fog going on. Uh, I think it was Winston Churchill who spoke of the fog of war. And here we have a situation where Donald Trump cannot be trusted. Um, over the weekend, uh, the Washington Post updated its uh, misleading and false statements uttered by the president, and that number is now close to 11,000. It's 10,769 and counting, and this has been going on for quite some time. To me, what was fascinating was the utter silence of our allies to, to the extent of supporting the American position. They've urged restraint, and I would urge restraint as well. I think what needs to happen at this point is a international sort of commission of inquiry uh, that I think should be conducted by, and I'm just going to throw these countries out, France, Jordan, Norway, and Canada. 
Canada has a <clears throat> long reputation of fairness. Norway, of course, seems to be Trump's favorite country to invoke when he's trying to talk about the wall or some other strange domestic issue. <clears throat> and, of course, uh, Oslo uh, and Sweden would be another uh, alternative. Uh, Sweden, by the way, has often functioned as an intermediary for the United States in dealing with countries that we don't have uh, formal diplomatic relations with, Sweden and sometimes the Swiss. Uh, so we need to get the facts. Uh, my own gut tells me that this was some sort of a missile, uh, perhaps shot from a drone, perhaps shot from a surface, um, you know, a, a speedboat kind of thing. Perhaps this is a black ops uh, perpetrated by uh, one of America's allies in the region. And I think that what we need to be cautious of is the entities that want to see America go to yet another war in the Middle East, uh, which would be a calamity. Uh, the United States has been in Afghanistan for almost 40 years now. <clears throat> the media calls this our longest war, um, basically dating the war to uh, 2001 in response to 9-11. And kudos to John Stewart last week for calling out the congressional inaction on so many things. Uh, you can look the John Stewart stuff up, but uh, when he says do your job, <laughs> he is telling the truth. But it's quite possible that the Revolutionary Guard was behind this. It strikes me as unbelievably coincidental. And I once heard a professional CIA person, it might have been James Angleton, who said, I don't believe in coincidences. Well, it's very strange that um, <clears throat> this missile attack, and I'm going to call it a missile attack, because I think it was, with respect to the Japanese uh, freighter, um, happened right when Prime Minister Abe of Japan was visiting Iran the first Japanese leader to do so in uh, ever since the uh, Iranian Revolution uh, 40 years ago. And we need to remember, by the way, that 2019 is the 40th anniversary of the Iranian Revolution and how it unfolded. The Shah was deposed, but for a brief period of time before Ayatollah Khomeini took over, Iran actually had uh, Western-educated sort of liberal Democrats in charge, sort of like the Mensheviks were in charge for the first several months in the Russian Revolution. The analogy is, is, is remarkable because the uh, takeover of the American embassy didn't happen until November of 79. Uh, Ayatollah Khomeini, as I recall, landed in Iran in February of 79. He had been living in exile in France. So France has some 
uh, genuine connections to uh, diplomats and whatnot. And there have been a lot of talks going on with Iran. Iran actually has been trying to still adhere to the nuclear agreement. And all parties, including the British, have actually uh, pointed out that they have done so. Now, there was an announcement today uh, that Iran is going to start enriching uranium. This sounds scary, but um, Trump issued a statement about nuclear blackmail. Uh, These technical issues about nuclear uh, material, fissile material, are very important to understand. I once read a very interesting scientific uh, review in the London Review of Books about the nature of Iran's nuclear program. Uh, And what you need to actually make an atomic uh, weapon is highly enriched uranium. Don't be fooled by enriched. It's sort of like Wonder Bread. (laughs) Wonder Bread has probably got a thing on its package that says, Enriched Bread, uh, sprayed with vitamins. Uh, But it's not highly enriched. It doesn't have any fiber. It doesn't have any whole grain in it. Uh, And leaving aside the uh, disgusting nature of Wonder Bread, um, I think that what's fascinating about this crisis is how belligerent and bellicose um, John Bolton and Mike Pompeo have been over the last several months. Uh, I would pinpoint, uh, and there are some great details about some of the saber-rattling and the tit-for-tat that's going on uh, between uh, the parties. Donald Trump keeps talking about dialogue now. Uh, He's the one that withdrew from the treaty. And Ayatollah Khomeini is not going to uh, initiate any dialogue uh, because the dialogue is actually occurring without the United States. This has been going on for months. And this is another example, by the way, of the incompetence and weakness of Donald Trump. There's a lot of bluster and blather coming out of the Trump administration on this. And it's important to remember that in the first several years of Trump's presidency, he had some checks in his national security team, like uh, uh, even Rex Tillerson, amazingly enough. But uh, McMaster and uh, Jim Mattis were known uh, to uh, favor uh, adhering, continuing to adhere to the nuclear agreement um, that was signed in 2015. And as with so many things with Donald Trump, if Barack Obama did X, Trump wants to overturn X, no matter what. He doesn't seem to care about the consequences or any of the um, realities of what he's doing. Uh, We've even seen this with the uh, broken down Chinese trade negotiations uh, that now are Frankly, I'll be amazed if there's any uh, real concession here by China. Uh, Yeah, there might be some minor uh, agreements uh, on the side here and there, sort of like the dairy concession that the Canadians agreed to um, about eight months ago. I noticed, by the way, that um, two uh, dairy farms in the UP uh, are closing up shop. So the delays with uh, the Canadians buying dairy 
uh, duty-free is just uh, yet another example of Donald Trump's failure to understand what's really going on uh, with all of these deals that he wants to keep talking about. Trump is obsessed with this notion of making deals. I don't even know what that means because his business dealings are suspect, to say the least, and are part of, I think, the underlying investigation into Donald Trump and the obstruction of justice. Uh, I think that Donald Trump was genuinely worried about Mueller uh, looking into these connections between Trump oligarchs, uh, Deutsche Bank, um, these Russian uh, mafiosi figures that Trump uh, sold uh, condos to and the financing that sort of developed after he was cut off on Wall Street because of his repeated uh, uh, bankruptcy filings. Um, but let's assume for the sake of argument just for a moment that the Revolutionary Guard was behind this attack. Why would they do this? Well, they are trying to ratchet up their own hardline factions in Iran. Uh, Prime Minister uh, Rouhani is is uh, considered somewhat vulnerable uh, to the hardliners. He was uh, portrayed when he came in as the leader of the Iranian government several years ago, as to being relatively moderate and uh, willing to negotiate with the West on a variety of things. And let's make no mistake of it, the Revolutionary Guard, the Iranian paramilitary uh, people, are, <clears throat> you know, a mixed bag of characters. We need to think of rogue elements in the CIA. Uh, there's, for instance, some evidence dating back to the Iranian hostage rescue mission that there may have been some people within the American government that sabotaged that uh, rescue from within. That, by the way, was never fully investigated, in my opinion, because some of these characters were connected to the Iran-Contra affair. And I mention a lot of this history over the last 40 years to keep emphasizing that America it really has a kind of a mixed, uh, mixed up idea about what's really going on in the Middle East, I think. Um, I mentioned Jordan as possibly a country that could participate in an international inquiry into the actual facts of what's happened over the last couple of weeks regarding shipping being attacked um, in the uh, Persian Gulf and in the Gulf of Oman. Uh, the theory involving the Revolutionary Guard, by the way, is quite clear. It's that they're sh sending a message to the United States that <clears throat> your uh, involvement in the Persian Gulf, your uh, movement of, of uh, naval supplies to the per Persian Gulf, are not going to completely deter us. Uh, this irregular warfare and the use of terrorism um, is, is a tactic that the United States still doesn't quite get. I would even speculate that it's possible that this attack could have been perpetrated by ISIL, um, the remnants of ISIL. Uh, drones at this point have been pretty well established to be uh, very tricky um, uh, technology to control 
uh, I don't know if you can recall the the days that um, the London airport was shut down because of drones uh, flying about uh, near uh, the the uh, landing spot. But this occurred back, I believe, in, Sept- in December, right around the holidays, not at Heathrow, but at the other big uh, London airport, whose name escapes me at the moment. But uh, <clears throat> drones are very difficult to um, control. And the United States, of course, is supporting all kinds of wars in the Middle East. I mentioned Jordan because they're one of the only um, Arab countries that's not in a war right now. There's wars in Syria. There's problems in Iraq. The United States is still in Afghanistan. Uh, the Saudis are are uh, continuing to inflict punishment on Yemen, a war that they started many years ago. And even all the allegations about Iran's involvement in Yemen have never quite persuaded me that this uh, um is, is, is actually what's happening. Let's also remember that Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, despite winning a uh, close prime minister election in Israel a couple of uh, weeks ago, was unable to form a government. So there may be many factions in the Middle East that are trying to get America into a, another war in the Middle East. Obviously, a war between the United States and Iran would be a catastrophe, but Iran would be defeated. Uh, Iran has no ability to counteract uh, America's air power or naval power, for that matter. Trump, of course, dispatched a uh, aircraft carrier to the Persian Gulf just a couple of weeks ago as part of the saber-rattling that's been going on. And Mike Pompeo, Uh, needs to quit the press conferences. He's supposed to be the Secretary of State, not the Secretary of War. And here again, we have this example, by the way, of Donald Trump um, not having a defense secretary. He has an acting Secretary of Defense, a character who comes from the corporate world of Boeing uh, Aircraft Corporation, uh, Boeing, of course, being uh, beleaguered with the problems with the uh, uh, updated uh, 737 that's been involved in a couple of crashes. Remember also that Trump had an acting director of the FAA uh, back in the fall when this first uh, Boeing uh, plane uh, went down in uh, in Asia. So... We don't really know, as as I want to emphasize, who would be behind such an attack in the in the Persian Gulf and the Gulf of Oman, or what their motives might be. It's all kind of murky. There could be an attempt here to force Donald Trump's hand, because Donald Trump is a bragger and a blusterer, and he keeps talking tough. But uh, at the end of the day, he keeps asserting, "Oh, but I don't want to start a war in the. I don't want to go to war in the Middle East." In fact, Jim Mattis, uh, his actual Secretary of Defense, his real Secretary of Defense for the first two years of his presidency, resigned in December when Trump uh, suddenly announced that he wanted to withdraw from Syria. Um, That, of course, brought um, howls of protests from the military-industrial complex for a variety of reasons. And um, 
Mattis um, basically explained why he was resigning, i.e. Donald Trump didn't consult me, um, and I need to be consulted on these sorts of things. And then Trump, of course, two days later tried to portray this as a, not a resignation, but a firing, uh, which is almost laughable. And let's not uh, forget that Sarah Sanders, Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, excuse me, uh, suddenly resigned uh, late last week. My sense about her resignation, by the way, is that she didn't want to be have to become a spokesman defending this Iranian nonsense uh, and, and what may or may not happen over the next couple of weeks. Um, she, frankly, hasn't even had a press briefing in quite some time because, once again, Trump has sort of assumed the role for himself. Now, he was in hot water earlier in the week when he made these comments about... Uh, getting uh, opposition, political opposition um, information from a foreign government, i.e. the Russians. <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, and then Trump had to walk that back. But how fascinating that he walked it back in an interview on Fox and Friends on Friday, shortly after uh, these these attacks in the Gulf of Oman. So here's the president suddenly realizing, hey, wait a minute, I may need the intelligence agencies uh, to back up my war games plan, if that's what he has. They certainly have war games plans. There are all kinds of hawks in the American military industrial complex who want to see warfare for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that uh, they have a sort of an open-ended checkbook in which American taxpayers uh, have no idea where the Pentagon money has has been or where it's going. You know, earlier this year, the Smithsonian Magazine had a fantastic uh, article about the fact, that, and, and this was reiterated in the Nation magazine, that the uh, Pentagon has not passed an audit in 23 years. No one knows where the money is is being spent. And when you look at these statistics about the total debt of the United States government and recent proclamations that, of course, uh, the debt ceiling is going to have to be raised yet again, you begin to wonder about this open-ended checkbook. You know, it was fascinating to note, by the way, that on the, the very day of the uh, missile attack, and I'm going to call it that uh, for, for the moment because it it does seem that the actual people on the Japanese vessel said that we were attacked by a missile from above, not a mine from below. Uh, this grainy footage that uh, Pompeo dragged out, that could be old. There's no evidence that is what actually happened on that particular date at that particular time. There's all kinds of problems with the video. And fascinating, by the way, to see Congress just last week uh, having hearings about fake videos and how artificial intelligence is now being used um, for nefarious purposes. Uh, we saw the doctored video, by the way, of, of Nancy Pelosi a couple of weeks ago in which they tried to slow down her speech 
to the extent that it made her appear, quote, tired or drunk. Uh, this is, of course, one of Trump's favorite uh, ad hominem attacks on his on his political opponents. He he's calling Joe Biden Sleepy Joe now. Yeah, well, <laughs> that that's that's Trump's style. So when Sarah Huckabee Sanders suddenly resigned on Thursday, I thought to myself, well, <laughs> I think there's a story behind the resignation. Trump, of course, dragged her out into the into the into the west wing of the White House. I'm assuming that's where they had the the press conference and 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 then extolled her um, her qualifications to become the next governor of Arkansas. Well, whatever. Um, fake videos, artificial intelligence used to doctor videos, uh, <clears throat> people's heads being put on um, other people's bodies, this sort of thing. This is only going to make our uh, social media even more confusing and uh, even worse. And it's interesting, by the way, if you go back and you sort of check about all this uh, saber rattling going on between uh, Iran and um, uh, the United States. I'd like to point out on the 18th of May, this is just an interesting um, uh, story. It's Eric Schmidt, and he's a top-notch uh, a national security reporter for the uh, New York Times. The headline is, Iran signals relaxation of tensions, officials say. The story reads, Iran has unloaded missiles from at least two small boats in its territorial waters in what two American officials said on Friday was the sign of easing tensions in the brewing confrontation between Washington and Tehran. Beware of videos showing... Um, <clears throat> Small boats having missiles either loaded or unloaded, <laughs> they, they don't mean much at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, uh, with Abe going to Japan, I mean, the Japanese prime minister going to Iran and having a formal meeting both with Rouhani and Khomeini, uh, this well could have been, as I say, an operation from rogue elements within the Revolutionary Guard. We just don't know. Let's be cautious. Let's take some steps back and let's figure out what's actually going on. I found it interesting how quiescent Donald Trump was this weekend. Uh, perhaps the boy that's cried wolf so many times uh, realizes that he doesn't have any allies in this uh, possible war with Iran. I don't think the Europeans are going to participate in anything of that sort. And I doubt that Duterte... Uh, or Israel, or Poland are going to be able to provide uh, much uh, uh, military support for the United States. Remember that when there actually is a war in the Middle East, the United States has to quietly tell Israel to stay out of the conflict. Israel is always promoted as this great ally of the United States. But when the wars actually happen, Israel is, is told to stay home uh, so as not to motivate more uh, Muslims into into the fight. And as for the surrogate warfare that's still going on, uh, we know, for instance, that 
Trump has been trying to push arms sales to Saudi Arabia with great difficulty. We can talk more about the F-35 next week. Fascinating stuff about that airplane. But uh, while all of this has been going on, how bizarre to see Kim Jong-un meeting Xi Jinping. Uh, You know, this is another poke in Donald Trump's eye, uh, another humiliation um, that that I, I don't think should go unnoticed. Of course, the trade war talk continues. Trump says he's going to make a deal at the end of the G20. I'm somewhat skeptical that any big deal will be made. Uh, but I wanted to quote from an actual trade expert about the trade war in which she talks about the fallacy of winning a trade war. She writes, to win a trade war on these terms, the United States would have to impose tariffs and somehow hurt the Chinese economy so badly that its leaders improve their treatment of American intellectual property, a long-time demand by American trade negotiators. The health of the Chinese economy depends on exporting to the United States. So the thinking goes the Chinese government will capitulate to American uh, demands. This strategy is certain to backfire. First, about 60% of China's exports to the United States are produced in factories owned by non-Chinese companies. Many of them produce customized inputs for American manufacturers, such as computer routers, LED fixtures, and boat motors. That means that the tariffs imposed by the Trump administration that are directed at China actually affect many American and European companies that own factories in China. That's why the trade is is uh, very complicated, and that, of course, will be an ongoing um, a story over the next couple of weeks. We'd like to thank Andrew uh, for engineering this evening. Uh, do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And go to Top of the Park. Good night. Thursday nights at 7, it's Face the Music. 60 minutes of vintage recordings, traditional jazz, and other analgesics. A public service of Radio Free Ann Arbor. Broadcasting from the University of Michigan, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. In Technicolor. When I grow up, I want to graduate from university. When I grow up, I want to land my dream job. When I grow up, I want to fall in love. When I grow up, I want to get married. When I grow up, I want to have children. I want to teach my children how to ride a bike. I want to own a dog. I want to have a house. I want to be a grandparent. When I grow up, I want to remember everything I work so hard for, but because every 65 seconds, someone in the United States develops Alzheimer's disease, I'm afraid I'll forget. Join the Alzheimer's Association in fighting to end this disease. Visit alls.org to learn the facts, share your story, and get involved. Will Azell in the background playing the mixed up rag. 
telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name's Jerry Mack, your host this evening for an hour-long excursion.